is an audio platform created to educate, inform, and empower women to take charge of their physical and mental health. Join Shalana Battle and her occasional guests as they discuss many issues and health topics that concern women. While many health tips and advice will be discussed on this platform by licensed professionals, it should not take the place of seeking help from your own physician or therapist. If you feel that you need professional advice or medical assistance, do not hesitate to contact your provider. Now, let's get to the show. Now a word from our sponsors. Let's face it, your time is precious and also very limited. So you don't have time to sit in your doctor's waiting room for hours. Not to mention that situation you have needs to be addressed now and not later. Perfect Harmony Women's Health Telemedicine is just the service you need. Perfect Harmony provides women's health care without judgment. You can receive convenient, fast, excellent, and affordable care. So if you need STI testing, contraception counseling, or if you need help with those annoying vaginal infections or those pesky UTIs, Perfect Harmony has your back. Whatever you need is just a virtual visit away. Go to perfectharmonytelehealth.com and book your first appointment today and tell them Shalana sent you. Hello there and welcome to another episode of The Eavesdrop. I am your host, Dr. Shalana Battle, and this is episode 99 of The Eavesdrop. Yes, you heard it right. This is episode 99 and we are just one episode shy away from our 100th episode of the podcast and I am super excited because when I started this podcast, I really did not expect to be as committed this long and I didn't really um, foresee it going past 10 episodes, let alone 100 episodes. And that is just because initially I wanted to do the podcast, but the motivation to see it through for so long was not there initially. But when I found out how women were benefiting from the information, how women were enjoying and gravitating to the podcast, that was the fuel that I needed to continue to pursue this and to continue to bring forth more information through the podcast for the listeners and I am more motivated about the podcast and I am even more excited because we are reaching 100 episodes and I think this is just fantastic. (laughs) Now the 100th episode of the podcast will air next month, October 7th. And the reason why it's going to air next month on the 7th is because the podcast will be on a brief hiatus for the remaining days of September. And the reason we're going on a hiatus in the month of September is because September is my birthday month. And every year in September, I usually try to do something very grand and very nice to celebrate my life (laughs) as I think everyone should we should always celebrate life um I feel like if COVID didn't teach us anything it's really we should live life to the fullest and really celebrate ourselves and every month in September I try to do this and not only is this month my birthday but it is a milestone birthday I will be turning 40 can't believe I'm saying this but I am turning 40 And I wanted to celebrate this 
birthday in a special way. I've never really traveled overseas. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to start addressing things on my bucket list. And going to Italy and Greece and Africa, those were like on my top three places to travel. And so I am going on a Mediterranean cruise for two weeks to hit all those different spots in Italy and in Greece. And I am so excited. So because I'm going to be gone for half of the month, I decided to put the podcast on a hiatus because I thought this was a great opportunity for rest and actually resetting. And it's also a great opportunity for you, the listener, to be able to tune in and catch up on some of the other great episodes that have been recorded throughout the years. If you start from the first episode all the way up until the 100th episode, I know you will find something that will resonate for you. So throughout the hiatus, make sure that you are checking out the other episodes. Now, the original plan was to have the 100th episode before we go on the hiatus, but your girl has been super preoccupied with some major transitional life events, which I will definitely discuss on the 100th episode. And then getting ready for my first trip overseas, I have been really preoccupied and I was not able to plan everything accordingly for the 100th episode. So we will be closing out season seven with 99 episodes and we'll reopen season eight with a bang for the 100th episode. And you don't want to miss out on that episode. We will have your girls from Close the Curtain podcast, Caroline and Nalita. Um, Those of you who are familiar with the show and have been riding with the show since day one, you are familiar with the wind down. And these are the young ladies who are with me um, during the episodes of the wind down. And we started out our own podcast called Close the Curtain. And we went on a hiatus with that podcast, but now we will be revamping it. And I'm so excited for that opportunity and definitely stay tuned for the revamping of Close the Curtain. But before we do that, we will have Caroline and Melita back on the show. And then I will be inviting um, a friend of the show, Pamela Davis. She is one of our favorites. And we will just be here having a wind down, a sip and chat, talking about just inspiring things and having a good old fashioned girl talk and you don't want to miss out. So be sure to tune in. Now for today's episode, I have invited a special guest. Her name is Dr. Bonnie Huey Callahan. Uh, And in this episode, we will be discussing the importance of health, balance, and vaccinations. And we will discuss understanding priorities, and how to explore self-care through preventative screenings and preventative health care. We will also discuss what healthcare literacy means, because that is a thing. We discuss how your pharmacist, your community pharmacist, plays an important role in your healthcare. You'll be surprised by what pharmacists can do. Um, When we think about pharmacists, we usually just use them for the purpose of preparing our medications after our doctor orders them, but they do so much. They are an an important um, asset to 
the healthcare industry. And we will be talking about how you can use your pharmacist to better your health. And then there's just so much more to this episode. We talked about so many other things that I know you will benefit from. And I'm excited for you to listen to this episode. So without further ado, here is... Today, we have Dr. Bonnie Huey on the eavesdrop. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yes, I am too. We are going to talk about various topics today concerning self-care for mothers. And I have had uh, many conversations on the eavesdrop about self-care, as you may know. But I am excited to have this conversation with you because we will be hearing it from your perspective and someone who was a mother and a well-respected pharmacist. So I am excited. And before we get into this discussion, I just want you to introduce yourself to the audience and tell everyone how wonderful you are. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. My name is Bonnie and I um, am a pharmacist. Um, I wear many hats. So first of all, I am a pharmacist. I've been um, a pharmacist for over 13 years in a variety of different um, capacities and settings. Um, I am also a mother of four. Um, my kids are three, five, eight, and 10 now. And so that definitely keeps me busy and keeps me on my toes. And finally, I'll add that I am a member of the Pharmacist Moms Group. We are the largest online community of women pharmacists in the country. We provide each other professional and personal support, which I have personally benefited from over the last few years that I've been a part of that community. So um, again, happy to be here and happy to dive into conversations. What was your motivation and drive behind becoming a pharmacist? That is a great question. I was raised in a healthcare um, environment. My mom and my dad are both healthcare professionals. My dad being a dentist, my mom being a nurse. So I knew I wanted to do something um, in healthcare. Um, and I also loved sci the sciences, kind of learning that in school. I stumbled across pharmacy as a profession and as an option when in around high school time, I was looking at what options as I was going to college and was able to talk with my uncle and aunt at that point, both of whom are pharmacists. And I thought, what a neat way to be able to help people in a setting that is really accessible. And not only is community pharmacy one avenue, but there is a lot of different options for pharmacists to be able to have a career. And case in point, I've been in the education section, a sector, I've been in the community pharmacy and business side of things with pharmacy and um, also in the uh, managed care or like the payer space. So lots of different um, options, which attracted me to pharmacy. I will say though, it, it, it took me until I actually stepped foot in pharmacy school for me to really fall in love with the profession. And I think the big reason for that is because from day one, we um, were trained in preventative care and in particular with administering vaccines. Uh, we had to bring oranges on the first week or so of school and we started with injecting those and then moved on to injecting each other. And I, I just thought that was such a neat additional value add that pharmacists could bring on top of what we're known for traditionally, which is, you know, get, getting prescriptions into the hands of, of consumers. So really learning the vaccination piece of things, preventative health, nutrition, and bringing that all together 
on top of the medication knowledge, I thought was a really cool way to be able to give back as a professional. So that's where I am today. Yeah. Being a pharmacist, I think that is a very special profession um, because you're able to educate and reach a wide range of people in your community. And it's also a profession like any other healthcare profession that will keep you very busy. (laughs) And as you mentioned earlier, you have a three-year-old, a five-year-old, an eight-year-old, and a 10-year-old. So you are definitely doing some balancing, I'm sure. And so how are you able to keep up with your own self-care? And what advice would you have for mothers who are just like yourself in a profession and are trying to take care of home while they're working in their profession? Yes, that is a a great question. And one that I think about probably every day. I think what it comes down to is it it comes down to taking um, intentional steps to make sure that we do the self-care, right? It kind of comes down to to us. Um, And, you know, a lot of times we think it means taking a spa day. Um, I don't know about you, but for for me as a busy mom, that becomes intimidating because that means, oh my gosh, I got to schedule the appointment. Oh my gosh, I got to make sure I got the money to pay for it, right? All the things that just spa day makes me a little anxious when I hear that that term. So I want to disassociate that a little bit and say, let's get back to the roots. What's the purpose of self-care? And really it can look different for everyone, but at the end of the day, the behavior should promote health and mental well-being for you. And so if the behavior you're doing is managing your stress and lowering your risk of illness and increasing your energy, that is considered self-care. So that could look like making sure you're getting to bed on time. So you're getting the right amount of sleep. That can look like choosing the the extra veggie option at dinner, right? That can look like taking a walk to the mailbox. All those behaviors can mean self-care. And it's different every day for me. Some days it's, I I can only get that 10 minute walk there and back to my mailbox, which happens to be up, up the hill. Other days I can spend more time relaxing with my neighbors and laughing over a glass of wine, right? And so allowing ourselves to be flexible and allowing ourselves to know that it can look different between women and it can look different within the same person each day. And I think that kind of eases my mind a little bit to know, okay, this is how I can fit it in. And I am, I'm doing well for myself in, in, in choosing these healthy habits for the sake of my own mental and physical well-being. Yes. I'm so glad you brought it up that way because so many people think that in order to um, take care of themselves or to perform self-care activities that they have to do something extravagant and spend a lot of money and take yeah. off a lot of time to go on vacations. But that's not really what self-care is all about. And that's not what it, it really looks like. Like you said, it can look different from one person to the next. It can be just simply pausing and just taking a deep breath in yes. the middle of a busy day. <laughs> or if, right. And I always tell my patients when they come in and they haven't been in the office for a very long time, this mm-hmm. is your self-care routine coming in once a year to get your physicals done. This mm-hmm. is part of your self-care. So I agree. It doesn't have to be anything extravagant. If it's pouring into yourself so that way you're able to be of service for those that, that depend on you and that you love, I think that is self-care. Yes. Yes. Perfect. And then what tips would you have for moms to help protect their health and to sustain, you know, their health? Yes. Gosh, as if I were to distill it down and just a handful of items, I would say first off, um, 
making sure that your physical well-being is taken care of, right? So that can look in the form of exercise and, and healthy eating habits, right? So that's definitely one, one way of making sure that we're, we're taking care of ourselves from a health perspective. Another is doctor's appointments. And you mentioned seeing women once a year. So I would say sometimes a lot of women, we don't even see their, their healthcare provider once a year. I, I will say after, you know, I was basically pregnant or breastfeeding for a span of 10, a decade basically of my life, right? Because that's the span of my kid's age. So I did have the luxury of having an OBGYN and, you know, going and being under their care for a, a good decade. But now that I've had my last child, it's up to me. It's up to me now. So one way that I recommend making sure that, you know, as women and as busy moms, we are, are up to date with our medical appointments is to scheduling it with our, when we schedule our kids appointments. Um, I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm great at scheduling my kids annual checkups when their birthdays roll around. I remember, and as a mom, I think we just tend to do that, right? Like we just, we tend to put our kids first, their needs. And so what that means is we need to also make sure that we're taking care of ourselves. And so one way is when you're scheduling your kids appointments, asking yourself, am I due for my own? Or like for dentist visits, when I'm scheduling those in, I tried to get mine in as well because I'm there anyway. So how can we piggyback off of what we're already doing for our kids for ourselves? And then I would say third is to, this is a fun tip, but I uh, like to keep a, a photo album on my phone of all my medical cards, including my kids, because how often do we find ourselves in a position of, oh, I need to schedule that appointment. And then you realize, wait, I don't know where the card is. It's going to take too much effort to find it. Never mind. And so with that barrier to entry is so high that we don't do it. So let's lower that barrier to entry, make it easier for ourselves and, and just keep a, a photo album. Um, on our phone. That way we know what's our medical record number, what's for my kids, for myself, when we schedule those appointments. And what I love to do is also forward that over to my husband. If he's taking the kids and he's at the office, I don't know what, what their ID number is. I can just forward that over really easily. Um, so that's a fun little tip. And then lastly, I'll mention, of course, staying up to a date with your adult vaccinations. I think vaccines is a great way to make sure we're proactive with our health, to make sure that we're giving our body the protection we need to fight any future infection that may come in. And so that is something that, that I will definitely mention as well. And particularly around hepatitis B as one of the newer uh, recommendations from the CDC for adults. That's something that we want to also make sure that we're on top of. Definitely all of that. I just don't believe in the excuse that there's no time because you just laid it out how you can actually organize your time so you can get your self-care in. Because a lot of times when I see women in the office for the first time in years, I always make it a point to ask, you know, what kept you away? Because that gives me some insight on what's going on. And Half the time it's because they're taking care of someone, either it's their children they're taking care of, or they're taking care of a parent who's really sick. And now, you know, that the parent may have passed away or is in a facility or no longer their, their big responsibility anymore. Now they find time for themselves. Well, these are the women who end up with advanced chronic illnesses because they have put off their appointments. And so it's not fair to the the woman and it's not fair to the people who she's taking care of and so I just don't think not having time or I'm busy doing x y and z is no longer should be no longer an excuse because there is a, a way that you can sit down and think about how you can fit these things in and also um delegate you know you mentioned that your husband 
takes your mm -hmm. children to the doctor sometimes. If there's other family members that are willing to help, you, you delegate as well. And, and I think a lot of times as women, we become super women. We wear capes. <laughs> and when we wear capes, we think we can do it all. And we want to do it all because we feel like we can, we're the only ones that can do it. But there are other people who may be willing and ready to just take on and help. It's, we just have to ask, you know. So, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, you nailed it with a delegating. Mm -hmm. It's one of my uh, <laughs> resolutions this year that I'm working on and leaning on my husband, leaning on my family who lives close by, leaning on my neighbors. Um, those That is so important, knowing that we, we can't bear it all. We can't do it all. And it's, it is a good reminder to that intentional step and ask yourself, do I need to be the one to take them? What if I didn't? What would that look like? And as you take that step and as my husband takes the kids to their appointments and they come back and everything's fine, it gives me more confidence in, in, in making sure that I continue to lean on my tribe for sure. So I definitely agree. Yeah, I had a um, podcast episode some time ago where I talked about superwoman syndrome and I talked about a woman who I took care of who needed a breast biopsy and she did not want to do the biopsy because she couldn't find anyone to pick up her kids from school. Now, mind you, she was married. She had help at home. The father was healthy and everything, is, but she was just not willing to ask their dad to help. And so I had to sit down and just be realistic with her to let her know, okay, this is why they want the biopsy done because they want to rule out cancer. And so this is very important. And if your husband is able to do it, you let him do it. And so she mm -hmm. took my advice and she ended up being okay and everything. But the funny thing was when she came back for her follow-up after the biopsy, she told me that, first she thanked me. And then she <laughs> told me that, her husband was the first one in line to pick up the kids. Her a whole idea was that she thought her husband was going to be late and the kids were going to be just sitting there waiting. But he was the first person in line at the parent pickup to pick up the kids. And I said, okay, so you need to trust him to do other things now. <laughs> this is like the gateway to delegating more things to him. <laughs> exactly. exactly. And, and sometimes I'll say my husband yeah. was better than me when he cooks the dinners. It tastes better. My kids like it more. They tend to eat it more. So so for me, I'm like, yeah, maybe this is a message for me for sure to, to keep delegating. I can delegate, right. And trust those around you to be able to help as well. Yeah. So you yeah. mentioned earlier about vaccinations and I wanted to dig a little bit deeper into that conversation because you mentioned hepatitis B and the importance of adults to be vaccinated because we usually worry about our children with vaccinations all the time, but it's important for adults to get vaccinated. And yeah. you mentioned hepatitis B, and then there have been some updates with this um, vaccine recommendation. So can you just expand our knowledge a little bit more about hepatitis B and some of the changes that are associated with it? Yes, absolutely. So just last year, the CDC updated um, its adult vaccination recommendation and now recommends that all adults ages 19 to 59 be vaccinated against hepatitis B. And so with the addition of hepatitis B vaccine for adults, there's now six vaccines that the CDC recommends for all adults. So that's Tdap, shingles, pneumonia, flu, COVID, and now um, hepatitis B. 
Um, and I, I think that speaks to the fact that it's important to protect ourselves against hepatitis B because it is highly infectious. It's a hundred times more infectious than HIV. And since a lot, most people don't know that they have it, um, if they are infected, the virus can unknowingly spread to others. Um, in fact, right now there's two and a half million people in the United States uh, living with chronic hepatitis B. And if that goes unmanaged, one in four of those individuals could die from liver uh, failure or cancer. So unfortunately, there's no cure right now for hepatitis B. So the best way really is prevention through vaccination. And that's why it's important um, to get the message out there that especially as busy moms, it's again, one of those things that we overlook. In fact, we or vaccines in general. In fact, we took a, a, a survey of a thousand moms um, uh, who had kids ages 10 and under. So someone like myself. Um, and what we found was that 92% of moms said they were confident that their kids um, are up to date with their vaccines. Um, but compared 64% of moms said that they were less than completely confident that they themselves were up to date with their adult vaccinations, right? So just kind of going back to what we were talking about, as moms, we just so naturally make sure that everybody else is okay. And, you know, what happens as a result is we fall by the wayside and we, but we know that's not sustainable. We know that as moms, especially we need to be the best that um, the most healthy we can be. So we can in turn, take, turn around and take care of those in, in our household and those, um, around us. So with hepatitis B vaccine in particular, why it's so interesting is because for kids, they may very well already be vaccinated because in 1991, the hepatitis B vaccine became the standard of care for infants, making it one of the first vaccines that they get right at birth before they even leave the hospital, right? But if those of us who were born before 1991, we may likely not be vaccinated. So that's why it's important for us to make sure that to double check our have we been vaccinated and making sure that we are caught up with our own vaccines. And I just wanted to touch base a little bit on why the hepatitis B vaccine is important because some people shy away from vaccines because they may not really see the importance or the relevance in them. Could you just talk a little bit about the importance and, and why it's recommended that we have vaccination for hepatitis B. Yeah, so hepatitis B is a, a virus that attacks the liver. Previously, it was only recommended for a subset of adults, but what we've started to see in the last 10 years or so is that rates of acute hepatitis B in the U.S. have steadily increased, especially among adults 40 and over. And so by making this hep B vaccination recommendation universal, the idea is that it'll help increase vaccine coverage and decrease the number of cases overall. And so it really, it's a preventative health situation is a public health situation just to make sure that we are doing what we can to lower the rates, the rising rates that we've been seeing lately amongst adults, especially over the last decade. And I know those who work in healthcare or work in environments where they can have exposure to yep. bodily fluids and everything like that should have a vaccination just to protect themselves from exposure to hepatitis B. Yep. Yes. Yep. Exactly. Yes. As healthcare workers, I know for starting pharmacy school, that was something I had to definitely as healthcare workers, we want to make sure for sure that we are vaccinated because of our exposure to, like you said, blood, bodily fluids, et cetera. Okay. And are you open to talking a little bit about the pneumococcal and flu vaccine? Basically who should have this vaccine? Everyone should have it, I believe, who meet the age criteria, and but there are specific populations who should consider it. Are you open to speaking about that? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we can. Yeah. So with um, the pneumonia vaccine, um, that one is recommended um, uh, particularly for those who are 65 and older. So for kind of the, the more elderly age group. And so there's a couple of different options as far as vaccines. Um, so I would check with your healthcare provider to see which one makes the most um, sense for you. Um, but generally it, it is one um, uh, for 65 and older. Those who are under 65, um, you know, if you have um, certain um, asthma or lung type of illnesses, then that is something that may warrant you to get the pneumonia vaccine if you are under the age of 65. As far as flu, that's recommended for for really everybody on a seasonal basis. So as we all know, around this time, September, October time is when um, everyone starts to get it in stock. But that is something that from six months all the way up to really, there's no max age for it. It is uh, recommended for the general public every year. So usually women in their families and communities depend on their doctors and nurse practitioners for preventative health care, but pharmacists play a really big role in healthcare as well. And I just want to discuss a little bit how uh, pharmacists can be of ser- service to women and their families as it pertains to preventative health care and in general, because you all are a really big help, <laughs> especially to me as a provider. I don't know how many times I've called on a pharmacist to just clarify how a medication should be prescribed for this particular patient. And so you guys are a resource for us. How can you be a resource for the community in that way? Yeah. First off, I love to hear that um, you have a great collaborative relationship with pharmacists. I think that really is our goal is to be um, collaboratively on the healthcare um, team um, to provide um, drug information um, or patient-specific information to to help you. So I love hearing that. Um, Yes. So in general, pharmacists, do have a large role um, in uh, preventative health care and to be that um, ex- point of access uh, for pharmacists. We're known to be the most accessible health care providers um, um, around. Um, and big shout out to our community pharmacists um, who are really the ones on the front lines helping our patients every day. In addition to dispensing and verifying prescriptions, one of what pharmacists also do is they provide services like glucose screenings, blood pressure screenings, cholesterol screenings, um, and they can help interpret those results, right? And help refer to healthcare providers um, for follow-up visits if needed, if warranted. Uh, So that's a service that I think is often overlooked. Um, Pharmacists also can do what's called a a medication therapy review, where they can go over all the medications that someone is on to make sure that there's um, no interactions, or there's perhaps there's ways that they can save money on their current regimen, or maybe there's a vaccine that's recommended for them based on their age or their their medication list or um, chronic conditions. So they take a, a holistic view at all the medications that a, a person might be on and make recommendations back to the the patient as well as to their providers. Pharmacists, they counsel patients, obviously, on on new drugs that they are getting at the counter. But in addition to that, the -the over-the-counter aisle is right there as well. And so pharmacists can help answer questions around over-the-counter medications and anywhere from how do you dose my child on acetaminophen or all the way to what kind of uh, vitamins should I take? Or I feel this way, is there an over-the-counter medication I can take because I don't have time or the capacity to go get a prescription for a prescribed medication for my doctor. So there is a lot of services that pharmacists do provide um, 
And they, like I said, we are a resource to you. So yeah, I wanted to highlight a couple of those. Yeah, you guys are amazing. <laughs> and you guys were re the real MVPs <laughs> during COVID. <laughs> and yes. when it was time to vaccinate everyone and educate everyone and really calm everyone down about the vaccine because there were a lot of misconceptions, there were a lot of fears about it. And I felt like the pharmacists were really there to just calm down the community and just really educate and bunk a lot of the, the myths that were out there. So I, I felt like you guys were the real MVPs during that time and still are. <laughs> Big shout out to our community pharmacists. You know, there is, a, I will say, a high rate of burnout amongst them, uh, that group. And so, you know, do be kind to them when you go to the counter because they are doing a lot of things. Like you mentioned, they're still vaccinating against COVID, I'm sure, and obviously doing other, administering other vaccines while also making sure that your medications are safe. So I, I definitely appreciate your shout out and, and kudos to our community pharmacists for sure. Yes. And you're really big on health literacy and making sure that mothers and their families are um, well-informed. Can you talk a little about what health literacy is and why it is important? Yeah. So the definition of health literacy actually changed recently from Healthy People 2020 to now Healthy People 2030. Really, the main difference is prior health literacy, health literacy referred to the degree to which a consumer can use find, use, and understand health information. Now, the new definition or the updated version says, yes, it's the degree to which we can use, find, and, and um, understand that information. But how well can we also utilize it to make informed decisions around our health care? And so that's really the key piece there is to be able to use it to make those well-informed decisions. So what does that mean? It, it means that we as consumers, I'll, I'll talk about consumers and then also from the view of healthcare providers, but as consumers, that means that we need to be able to understand the information coming to us so that we can then in turn take that information and say, yep, that I understand it. So that's why I'm going to take the step to schedule that doctor's appointment or take that step to drive my kids and get vaccinated or get myself vaccinated, right? It's that understanding enough to take action. And this is a national kind of movement because it's not just on the consumer, but really it takes the health healthcare industry to be able to make sure that consumers understand that. And that can mean making sure that we're communicating at a fifth grade level or lower. It can mean making sure that signs are in the right language to your patient population, right? And so it's in a movement that takes effort on both sides of, of the house, both the consumers and the, um, the healthcare providers. And I'll say just again, back from back to the consumer perspective, tips to women and, and moms out there. If you don't understand something when you're talking to your healthcare provider, don't be afraid to ask them for more information or to dig deeper. Um, I will also say go into your appointments, whether it's for yourself or your kids, with a list of questions ahead of time, because I don't know about you, the minute I get in there, I know it's only five minutes. So I got to make sure that I am i don't freeze, right? Because you know what happens, the help, your doctor is talking, 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 do you have any questions? And then all of a sudden you're like, I know I do, but I don't know what it is. So lately what I've done is I put them on my phone, I pull out my phone as he has that question comes to me. And I say, I, I do have questions and this is what it is. And I have some kind of guide because like I said, we all get nervous when we go into those doctor's appointments. So make a list for yourself and don't be afraid to say, can you repeat that in simpler language? Cause I didn't really understand what you said, because the goal again is to make that decision. Should I put my, my child on the antibiotic, even though it might be viral, right? Or should I 
get this vaccination right now for my child or not. You, you want to make sure you understand it enough for yourself as a woman and especially as a mom who makes decisions for her family that, you know, that, that you get it enough and don't be afraid to, to, to ask for more. And is there a quote or a life story that has motivated you and your career and, and everything that you're doing? I, I will say, as far as a quote, um, I would say progress over perfection. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times, I, I don't know if it's just a, a me thing. I don't know if it's a woman thing. I don't know if it's a mom thing, maybe all the things. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I've had a tendency to not allow myself to move forward with a decision, whether it's about a patient or whether it's about my career or anything, because I need to make sure that everything is perfect first before I move yeah. forward. And it could be in a work situation too, making sure that, you know, that email is perfect before I send it or, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the idea is that see the 70% is good enough because it's better to be able to move forward and make progress than be stopped by perfection. So that's something I think generally speaking as a quote that really drives me in my career and also as my, in my role as a mom. Yes, I think that's an excellent quote to live by because we we live in a society and we live in a world where everything is so fast paced and every everyone has to have what they want now. But sometimes it takes time before you get the the finished product for it to be perfect. So I yeah. love that. And so how can followers of the eavesdrop learn more about your services, learn more about you and how can they follow you? Yes. So um, for those of you, I know I talked about hepatitis B vaccine. Um, One thing I wanted to mention was that there's a lot of options out there for hepatitis B vaccine. Um, Traditionally, we know it as a three dose in um, three doses in six months to get that full protection. The Mm -hmm. nice thing is that we have options now. And there's one option I love in particular called Heplosav B um, that is two doses in one month. So as a busy mom, that is my preference because I can get that full coverage sooner and not forget that last dose. And the side effects are the same that you would expect with any vaccine. And that's headache, tiredness, and some soreness in the arm. But if you're interested in learning more about how and where you can get your hepatitis B vaccine at your local pharmacy, go to www.hepbcatchup.com to learn more. And you can learn more about me on LinkedIn at Bonnie Hui Callahan. Thank you so much. Dr. Bonnie Huey for being here today. I really admire everything that you're doing. I admire your passion for just educating and promoting health literacy for for women. And I thank you so much for being on the eavesdrop today. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. It was so much fun to talk. Thank you so much for listening to the eavesdrop podcast. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. And as always, I pray that you learned something new. Be sure to tune in weekly for new episodes. Also, if you are enjoying the podcast, please consider rating the show. Rating the show will make it more visible to women who may need to hear this information. 
Also, share the podcast with your friends and family. Keep in touch with the podcast by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You may reach out to me at drshalanavattle at gmail.com for any questions, concerns, or if you want to suggest a show topic. Well, until the next episode, be well, be whole, and be blessed. Bye.